I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Joe and I are frantically wiping down our space with Clorox wipes because of the cretins that are in here over the weekend. Ugh. The disgusting weekend radio shows. You never know what sort of just degenerates were in here over the weekend, spreading their corona all over the place. They're walking infections. Oh, they are. Oh. It's a sick enough. Weekend radio people. I mean, oh. it's just there's no telling. Lowest form. Live from Studio C. Senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Tell me if I'm right. I want to hear if I'm right. Tell me if... I might be wrong, but I'm not. Our general manager, conflicting information. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty good. I read reams, reams of supposedly, you know, solid, authoritative information on this thing over the weekend. I came out more confused than I went in. Yeah, it's... uh... 
it's it's tough and it's frustrating because obviously yeah. it's 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 different than your normal conflicting information. It's uh, life and death. It's whether your business stays open. Um. Wow. And uh, I'm sorry, my gear over here is quite literally falling apart. Mm. It's crumbling. See if you can insert that, Sean. So I saw, like, I saw one uh, doctor. First time you've heard that. Pardon me. One of the, I think, one of uh, Trump's team over the weekend um, talking about how we really don't know for sure how long it takes to show symptoms and how long you have this before it starts to incubate. We were guessing. So there, there's so much stuff they don't know yet, and a lot of it has to do with it coming yeah. out of, uh, you know, that where, where it started. That information is useless, right? Right, it, it virtually every statistic you see would be chucked out of a freshman stats class in college. Yeah, all what, do you, what do you mean? You have a percentage of cases, but you don't know the total. How in the world can you have a percentage if you don't know a total? Right, you would you get would, out of my classroom. You would uh, you would legitimately say. So why are you giving me this number? How can you give me a number one point seven when you don't know what the bottom number is? Right. What's the point of even coming up with a number? Right. Which is a pretty decent question. Ay ay ay. Everybody wants the answer, so everyone's rushing to provide one, even if there's little scientific basis. And then, even more troubling, perhaps, you read the, the words of the wise, the, the trained, the expert in the field, and get such wildly different estimates of what's going to happen or what might happen or how serious this is. Or, I mean, it's, it's pretty damn serious, obviously, but... I'd say. Is it uh, choking the economy near to death serious, or is it uh, just sheltering the old serious, or uh, what's the way forward? A lot of uncertainty, a lot of conflicting information. Where we are today, as opposed to Friday, as of Sunday night, and now these numbers have changed since last night, but as of last night, there are around 142,000 confirmed cases. That's a 65% increase from Friday. Uh Again, we don't have any idea how many cases are out there, but have confirmed they've tested them. 65% increase since Friday. The deaths you can nail down pretty well. 2,479, about 2,500. That's a 91% increase from Friday. It took us from February 1st till Thursday to end up with 1,000 dead in this country. It took 48 more hours to get the next 1,000, which is a troubling uh, graph. Yes, indeed. Obviously. That's how, how it works, pandemic-wise. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around the fact that this is just the beginning. We're in the very, very beginning of this whole thing. Well, really? Yes? No? Maybe? It's said that the uh, quarantining efforts in, for instance, uh, corrupt California have been quite successful, and, and, uh, and we're at a very midpointy point, according to one thing I read. Because the rise in cases has not been nearly what was feared and blah, blah, blah. I hope that's so right. I, don't know. I hope that's right. I, I don't know. There, there are a number of things I would love to be wrong on. I will, I will gladly, the rest of my life, say, boy, I'm sure wrong about that. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's because last week, I, I, uh, so many people said, man, that was a long week last week. And it was a long week <laughs> in all kinds of different ways. There's no reason to think we're not going to have. At least like six more of those. Best case scenario. Well, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Six more would be a rosy prediction. So, so got to mm. get better at it. Yeah. Settle in. Find your groove. Establish your routine. That's what I keep hearing from the experts over and over again. Establish a routine. Yeah. Get up. Mix cocktail. There you go. 
Get something done. So on the something to be angry about front, there are plenty of things to talk about this morning. As more and more uh, journalism is done around our failures, our government failing at so many different freaking levels. And it's it's not the least bit surprising. I've been cynical about government for a very long time. And it is no surprise to me that the same thing that keeps our farm from making uh, goat cheese is the reason we didn't have tests for for the, the coronavirus or masks. It's the same disease. Mm-hmm. The disease that's going to kill us all in the end isn't corona. It's bureaucracy and regulations and perfect being the enemy of good. Right. Uh, yeah, I would call it bureaucratic attorney disease. It's in so short, maddening. You read it is the story? law of you better not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. We better not let you. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, then, I don't think you should do. That. What if one person got sick? So we better not. Right. Is is the way we run the whole country, and that's why we don't have the tests. That's why we don't have the masks. That's why we don't have the ventilators. That's why almost everything mm-hmm. is because of that. We probably shouldn't. What if one? What if one of those million masks was defective? So right. we better not. If we turned loose the private sector and all these labs to make their own tests. Well, what if we had a false positive or false negative? Let's leave it in the hands of the bureaucracy. We're having a meeting in two weeks about it. Yeah, it's it's revolting. Just just one example, and then I will move on, because we'll get to this later. Trying to build a utopia. The government has 1.5 million expired N95 masks sitting in a warehouse in Indiana expired now you might react by saying i've held these masks in my hand how on the f do they expire well they don't really no so a combination of it allows the taxpayer to buy a million and a half new ones if you claim there's an expiration date and then the thing we were just talking about well what if one of them did you know get moth-eaten dead if one of them's defective we better have them expire and, and we just, could be liable sir and just let them sit in a warehouse while hospitals are in a panic screaming for them, people dying because they can't get a mask in a hospital. Better let a million and a half sit in a warehouse somewhere because they're expired, which isn't even a thing. Right. I mean, that sort of stuff is so frustrating. I don't think we actually are a country that can handle this sort of situation. I'll be shocked if this does it. It does any long-lasting good where we relax some of this attitude of rules and regulations and nobody can do anything unless 50 inspectors have checked off on it and all that crap listen this is not a political comment this is a realistic comment i think the only chance is if trump gets reelected and just continues to strip away regulations including some of the fda stuff that got us into this mess it's so frustrating yeah i know I know, it's incredible, but again, you you have to, I think we need to talk about it in general terms some so people can start to recognize it when they see it. It's this quest for perfection, a quest for utopia, where nothing bad ever happens. No, Nobody ever gets hurt. You know, I'm not in favor of people getting hurt, but describe to me a world where you continue to achieve, to innovate, to, to meet challenges, and no mistakes are ever made. I mean, that's it's an idiotic notion. I would call it childlike, but a child wouldn't have that notion. They understand you're going to get a little paint on you if you're going to paint a painting. We're a country that just, well, I'm hoping we come out of this a little more rugged and realistic about let's turn the genius of this country loose more and try to achieve perfection less. I doubt it, but again, I hope I'm wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong about that. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's plenty to talk about. 
today at so many different angles, including Sean and I are going to have a conversation about Tiger King because I can't get over it. Try to keep me out of it <laughs> as we are now fully into it. Oh, my God. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It is impossible to spoil or give a preview of. It is. <laughs> I, I have never seen anything like this. And, and every, like every five minutes, my wife and I go, Oh, my God. And you think you've seen 15 amazing things. How many times was the phrase, are you blanking, kidding me? God, Tiger. Uttered. It's a documentary on Netflix, but more on that later. Uh, let's introduce everybody. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm very good. Um, I don't know if you ever did this. I never did, but I had friends that did this. They would stand outside liquor stores and maybe try and get um, an older person to buy them liquor or I've beer. I've heard of that. Hey, mister. Right. Well, Costco starting today from like they they've changed their hours so that they have hours for senior citizens. I think it's from like eight to nine a.m. And I'm thinking I may be one of those people because I cannot find toilet paper that stands outside and goes, "Hey, you know, Mister." <laughs> so you're gonna do it with TP? <laughs> hey, try to find try to right. find an oldster, some exactly. guy shuffling in. Hey, psst, hey, hey, buddy. You want to make uh, 20 bucks? Make $20. <laughs> Please, Grandpa, just give me one. Just one. I just need one. I'll have the car out here with the engine running. You just push it through the window. Exactly. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I got so bored over the weekend, I actually turned my stove on. That was exciting. Did a, did a good old-fashioned home-cooked meal. Grilled up some, uh, some uh, I guess it would be in a pan, saute up. Fry up some chicken. It wasn't fried. I made a chicken rice bowl. It was delicious. Although I am finding it difficult to, like when I go to these places, when when the country's up and running at full capacity, I'll go to these places that have like teriyaki chicken bowls. The teriyaki sauce that I get at those places is never the teriyaki sauce that I buy when I'm buying the teriyaki stuff at the grocery store. Funny, my daughter had the very same complaint over the weekend. That's she was making up some tofu. Yeah, That's interesting. yeah. I want the stuff that I get at the at the at the restaurants with the the bowls. It's like a thicker, more sweet thing. Mm. The the stuff that I get, it's much more of like a soy sauce consistency. Yeah. and that's not what I'm looking for. I think it is soy sauce. And they just label it different. They're lying to us. <laughs> Saves them it's money. Like, it's like in Simpsons when they had Duff and Duff Light, and <laughs> yeah, it was just exactly. all coming from the same yeah. funnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, March 30th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then, the show, the show. Let's begin. According to FCC rules and regulations, we're speaking of overregulated. At Mark. This is Kent Brockman reporting from my own home in accordance with a new curfew for anyone under 70. Wow. Simpsons prescience as always. And they had a pandemic on The Simpsons, always predicting the future. From 1998, I believe. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's nice. It's good. It's well. It's it reflects our times, Jack. Yeah. It's a little angsty and unhappy. Cool. <laughs> and uh, Wall Street Journal says this is one of the more critical weeks in the history of American business, and we'll explain why coming up. All on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the president said their modeling says the peak for deaths is going to hit in about two weeks. Uh, We've got more on what the president said yesterday, including some of the most personal tales he has told as he saw his uh, the the hospital from the neighborhood he grew up in with lots of dead bodies in New York. Wow. And it had uh, clearly quite an effect on him. Mailbag. President also did about 
half an hour on Fox and Fiends this very morning. Said a couple of things worth uh, playing for you a little bit later on. Stay with us. First, your freedom-loving quote of the day. From Thomas Sowell, once again, continuing our series. Socialism is a wonderful idea. It is only as a reality that it has been disastrous. Among people of every race, color, and creed around the world, socialism has led to hunger in countries that used to have surplus food to export. He goes on on that vein, but a little short on time. Hey guys, Chris from Modesto, California here. I'm Faggity, out and proud with my Stupid Should Hurt shirt. It's a friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years. He got that shirt at armstrongandgetty.com where we have some lovely swag for you. Awesome. We thought of a great parody song you should start writing, being the great musicians you are. Of course, you saw the title already in my topic line, Kung Flu Fighting. The lyric possibilities are endless. That's true. Well, that's true, Chris, except song parodies are stupid, and I hate them. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of people sending various song parodies to us, this My Corona and whatever. I, just, uh, I stopped being amused by song parodies a couple of decades ago, and maybe it's just because I'm old and bitter. I just, I, uh, ah. if you enjoy them, enjoy them. Everybody was kung flu fighting. Yes. Gotcha. Da, 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 yeah, we were sheltering, sighting, or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> or something. Sing it to yourself. Ron in Ohio writes, Guys, if toilet paper is white gold, as you called it on Friday, <laughs> and we're printing dollars to hand out to the unemployed, why not back those dollars with toilet paper to prevent inflation? Go off the gold standard and on to the Charmin standard. Ron in Ohio advocating the toilet paper standard for currency. Very innovative, Ron. Appreciate it. i put you in charge of the Federal Reserve when I'm elected king. Here's a nice note from Zach. Guys, I've been reading up on the Civil War during my quarantine. In that conflict, America, including the Confederacy, uh, lost roughly 2% of its population, which is actually a low estimate due to unreported casualties. There were battles where thousands were lost in a day, like 7,000 in 20 minutes at the Battle of Cold Harbor. Disease was rampant. Our country was a divided wreck, and yet we survived that, continued to become the global, global superpower we are today. So when I look at this pandemic, the risks associated and the damage caused, I think we will be okay. We can recover from this. Hopefully the mainstream media and the politicians trying to drive a wedge between the American public don't continue to get in the way and slow down that effort. That's a very positive note, Zach. We appreciate your historical perspective. Mm, I don't know if I'm buying that. but I'm buying it completely, Jack, and you're one of the negative Nellies, Mm. nattering nabobs of negativism. Here is a nice note from Dick with a link. In case you've not seen this, definitely uh, worth a look. You can look at the entire U.S. or state by state. It is a COVID projections website. It's uh, allegedly uh, quite serious and, and weighty. Here's the problem, though. Computer projections are only as good as the data put into them. And there are so many question marks. I look at any projection think, hmm, that might be true. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to react to them. They vary so wildly, for one thing. Oh, my gosh, yes. Now, we are, I believe, at the point now where you can self-swab, turn your swab in by the tens of thousands uh, coming to a street corner near you, I guess, and we'll have vastly better data by the end of the week. Yeah, the new test kit that's coming to you, we can tell you about that in moments and why this is one of the most critical weeks for U.S. business ever, according to the Wall Street Journal. All on the way.
Armstrong and Getty Show. The FDA authorized a new test developed by Abbott Labs that delivers lightning-fast results in as little as five minutes. That's a whole new ballgame. Yeah, that's interesting. This point-of-care coronavirus test from Abbott Labs got approved on Friday, delivers positive results in as little as five minutes, and they expect the test to be available this week and producing 50,000 a day soon. Soon. Hopefully we'll... I'll be getting tested here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. hope. Yeah. What is soon? How, How soon? much would that change the whole story? Whether it's finding out. So, does this? Could this test tell you if you had it and it's gone, or is that a different test that tests for the antibodies being in your body somewhere? I'll bet that's a different. Yeah, test. yeah I believe so. Although, because that'd be very handy to know. If my family already had this, I'd love to know it. Right. There's actually a story out of China that, and and listen. Anything from China, in spite of what the mainstream media tells you, is highly suspect. But they seem to have people getting reinfected. And we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, which well, shocks the experts. And they closed their movie theaters back down. That's such a story. They opened up their theaters. It's over. See, we clamped it down. That's what our government could do. Oh, wait, we better close them again. And the uh, the claim of 3,800 deaths, the locals in that area are saying our number is 42,000. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's impressive by Chinese standards. But again, more on the lying, lying Chinese uh, coming up. Donald Trump don't trust China! No, even though uh, the mainstream media reports their words is gospel. But man, it's amazing. Get, getting those tests out fast, people start getting tested all over the place and... and Oh man, that could be huge. Yeah, give us giving us some real statistics finally too. Little accurate data, exactly. Little uh, snapshot of where we are in what parts of the country, and you know, obviously how we can move forward. That would be incredibly yeah, valuable, and it, and it could bring that death rate way down to where you know people are just less panicky. Um, <clears throat> speaking of being panicky, America's make or break week from the Wall Street Journal, one of the most critical weeks in U.S. Uh, capitalism history because. April 1st is Wednesday, rent's due, electric bill's due, checks are due for your employees. What are you going to pay? What can you pay? What happens if you don't pay? It varies from business to business, and nobody's exactly sure until you try it. Um, The decisions companies make this week could shape how deeply the economy is damaged by the coronavirus pandemic, according to the Wall Street Journal. For instance, just some for instances, the U.S. restaurant industry has lost $25 billion in sales since March 1st in one month. Wow. That's a lot spread across the country. And I don't know about you. I can't make up that demand going forward. I can't, like, eat six meals a day right. for the next month. According to a survey of 5,000 owners by the National Restaurant Association, nearly 50,000 stores of major U.S. retail chains have closed, according to the companies. And companies of all sizes are feeling the squeeze, including the really big companies. Nike is asking to pay half its rents all across the country in all their malls, all their stores, all their strip malls, everything like that. TJ Maxx is delaying payments to its suppliers. Victoria's Secret and Men's Warehouse have furloughed thousands of workers. Cheesecake Factory closed 27 locations and furloughed 41,000 employees across the country. Wow. Which is incredible. They just all of a sudden aren't going to get paid. 
Uh, California-based Cheesecake Factory said it would continue to provide health insurance for those employees until June 1st and give them a daily meal from the restaurants uh, because they do remain open for takeout orders like a lot of restaurants do. So if you work there, you could go in and get a meal because they probably got all that food that's going to go bad anyway. Well, and a lot of those meals are like 4,000 calories, so that's a good thing. <laughs> but, uh, man, that's a lot of people. Yeah. They had a job, and now... And and so the obvious problem is true, and they they quote all these people in the Wall Street Journal article. So I go to my landlord. I've got a uh, whatever I got. I show a record store. I sell records. There you go. Um, and, vinyl, just vinyl. They're like used CDs or what? All of it. Oh wow, cool. Cassette tapes. Wow. Posters. I realized I got a bunch of cassettes. Phonograph player. I oh. got to get me one. You don't have a cassette player? I have some cassettes that are like uh, my old bands and stuff, and that's the only recording that exists. Like anybody but me would want to hear them. But, um, I got a thousand cassettes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, stacks um, of them. But so I got a store. I go to my landlord and say, uh, can, I, can I skip the rent this month? He's going to say, I don't know, can you call the bank and ask them if I can skip? Because I'm I'm making a payment on this building, you see. Mm-hmm. And the way I make my payment is all you all pay the monthly rent. So, you know, it, it, and then the bank, how many how many how many of those can tell the local bank that no they're not going to pay? It snowballs so fast. And then all those employees that aren't getting a check and they're not going to pay their rent or car payment or whatever or half of it, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it snowballs so fast. A lot of employees at your used cassette store. Yeah. So, well, yeah. there's there's two of us. Oh, okay. okay. There's just two of us, <laughs> in my case, but uh, my used cassette store. You know, we were, I, I got to admit, we were getting a lot of business even before the coronavirus. Margins very <laughs> slim. We were so- very slim. He buys the used cassettes for eight cents and sells them for nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, yeah. we were social distancing pretty well in the store even before the coronavirus, <laughs> before we even know what the term meant. You know, a lot of those, you remember like the expensive cassettes, the really good Maxell, like steel uh, or whatever it's called, yeah. uh, f- metal particle, whatever. Man, that that was excellent sound quality. Sure. Really good sound quality. Yeah. But now I don't have a player, I just realized. I'm giving you the cassette hiss. <laughs> if you Two, like it. Three, four. That's all right. You don't hear it. If you like it in the background. I do. Uh, so I don't know, I don't know how that's all going to play out, and nobody does. Man, when Nike is telling every single place in the country, everywhere it's got a store, man, we're not paying the rent, like Cheesecake Factory did. I don't know how that plays out. When do those checks hit for the small businesses and the uh, the, the folks? I mean, the twelve hundred dollar checks, the family checks. That's uh, soonish, right? I yeah, it's supposed to be within three fast weeks, as possible. I love this story. I know uh, you do. Three weeks if the government has your bank details so they can do direct deposit. Mm-hmm. If you're getting like a mailed check, it'll be it'll be a little longer. Yeah. You got to love the story that uh, Kennedy Center got that $25 million in the bailout for some reason that immediately furloughed all their musicians. Oh, really? Fired them. Oh, yeah. People are going crazy over this. So, wait a minute. What was that $25 million for? Actually, specifically, the uh, argument was... That the money was for, where's the phrase, to cover operating expenses required to ensure the continuity of the Center for the Performing Arts and its affiliates, including for employee compensation and benefits. Um, but no, they just got rid of everybody instead. So I guess the fat cats are getting paid and they're building and I don't know. I don't know, but people are going crazy. That sort of stuff is so frustrating. I know it is. But on the on the people not getting checks, so we, we have a cleaning person that comes every other week to our house and... uh 
my wife just brought it up yesterday, and when we, you know, that's clearly our biggest vulnerability to the disease in our house, because this cleaning person goes around to other people's houses oh, and boy. lives her life with right. her crew, right? And then coming into our house, that's our biggest health vulnerability. So no, we don't want them in. But she's got kids and everything like that, including a special needs kid. So our our my decision was, luckily, I can afford it to continue to pay her, but not have her come. But she's lost a ton of clients. I know that's that's one of those industries that's just been killed is like um, uh, landscaping and house cleaning and stuff like that. Just everybody's canceling. Mm. Wow. And all those people are probably living fairly, you know, Paycheck it to paycheck it ish at least if sure, not sure sure uh, that now that disappears like uh, immediately and hourly employees it's just it's rough the working yeah. folks I mean yeah that's that well that's why the argument is go hardcore on the quarantine thing get through it as quickly as possible but uh, again we need much better data to understand where we are in this thing well that's so. what Trump said yesterday the uh, the better a job we do at it the quicker this will be over so let's all do a really good job at this yeah that was his point yeah we'll play you some of that plus a website that encouraged you to spill the secrets about your kinks and perversions well they've been hacked of course they have <laughs> and uh <laughs> so if somebody uh Walks by you at work and says, what's up, leather boy? Mm. You'll know why. And Shaquille O'Neal has just come out with an announcement that he is not friends with Tiger King, if you're watching Tiger <laughs> King on Netflix. In the way They're that he's pretty friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him on every minute. I've got a couple of tigers. <laughs> um, I just bought a couple of tigers from him. <laughs> We'll be talking about that uh, later. Returning those tigers. <laughs> that's one of the best things that's happened to me out of the whole coronavirus thing. I almost gave up after one episode. Thank goodness I did not. Why did you almost give up? It was. I've actually read a lot and and watched a lot about that, the big cat thing, the oh, exotic geez. animals. My thing. wife and I couldn't get to the next episode fast enough. We spent all day long thinking, if we get the kids to bed in time, we can watch episode two. I, it was funny because <laughs> Judy, Judy and I had the same thing. We were like, wow, this is this is quirky. It's crazy. But uh, do you want to watch another one? And we all agreed, yeah, let's give it one more. And then episode two, kerblooey, there oh. goes my mind. Oh, the whole thing is just amazing. Anyway, all this different stuff, including what's going on with you. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've never seen a model of the diseases that I've dealt with, which the worst case scenario actually came out. They always overshoot. So when you use numbers like a million, a million and a half, two million, that almost certainly is off the chart. Now, it's not impossible, but very, very unlikely. So it's difficult to present. I mean, looking at what we're seeing now, you know, I would say between 100 and 200,000 cases, but I don't want to be held to that because it's, it's, it's uh, excuse me, deaths. I mean, we're, we're going to have millions of cases. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the worst case scenario. Well, everybody keeps asking him about that, and he's tried to explain it over and over starting weeks ago. Look, the worst case scenario is the worst case scenario. All of the things would have to align in the most negative way at the same time to reach that number. Right. It is 
the least likely thing to happen except for only the best case scenario. They're on the each end of the graph. Right. If How do you not understand goes that? exactly wrong, everything, we will arrive at this number. Well, that'll never happen. Or if Correct. everything goes perfectly right, we'll be at this number. Right. But almost certainly, it'll be somewhere in the middle. So why don't we talk about that? Yes, Sean. Because it's not as exciting. Uh, similar on the same point, he, he, go, uh, he talks about kind of the, the futility of doing death predictions. I just don't think that we really need to make a projection when it's such a moving target that you can so easily be wrong. Yeah, as new data comes out, these projections and models shift all the time. So trying to have him say a thing that then gets pegged on this is the number, and then if those projections change or whatever, it's just, yeah. it just makes more and problems trying, than it solves. Trying to nail him for having changed the number a week later right, or whatever. Right. Inconsistent. It's just idiotic. You know, it strikes me, it reminds me in a way of the... Media's obsession with polling, political questions, candidates, elections. We will all find out together on election day. What is There isn't even any point, really, in having a snapshot of things seven weeks out, then six weeks out, then five and a half weeks out. I mean, I'm mildly curious, but it's become an obsession. Now, well, I think trying the, to know, I think it's trying to know the future. I think the guess in the number plays a role in, I know play, it played a role in getting my attention. I um, would agree. But, you know, if you said somewhere between 100,000 or between 50,000 and 350,000, that's as accurate as we can be because there are so many variables. I think we could live with that. Sure. But the, the media just thinks you're stupid. And well, there's a lot of Mars. A lot of them are stupid. Yes. They're 25 years old, and it's their first job. Well, they have no life experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah uh, they might not be stupid per se, but they're ignorant as hogs. This is more. Uh, like, that was uncharitable. That was, I'm sorry. That was not. Plus, it ignores but, the innate intelligence of the uh, American hog. Certainly community. wasn't charitable. Right. Um, I apologize to our hog community. Uh, this is more or less a one-liner, but it's the funniest thing I've heard today because so many people are doing uh, teleconferencing, Zooming for their work meetings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Walmart reports selling a lot of dress shirts, but not very many dress pants. <laughs> Hilarious! Perfect. So everybody's sitting there in their shorts. Well, Jack, I know you were <laughs> <They're lucky>. sweats. <laughs> uh, I know you're a big fan of Whisper, the secret sharing app that called itself the safest place on the Internet. I've not heard of Whisper. Year it it was been in you know operation for years. Okay, was it like an Ashley thing or whatever that was? Uh, oh, Ashley Madison. Yeah, Is that what you're, uh, not exactly. No. Not exactly. It you went on and you shared your kinks and your secret desires and uh, your sexual confessions. Okay, discussion of sexual orientation. Fantasies, the rest of it. There aren't enough Reddit boards to cover all that and all the other chat rooms in the world? I guess not. I don't know. None we, of those proclaim to be the safest place to do oh, this. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, now I get it. That's yeah, this their is selling the safest point. place on the internet. That's their selling point. Yes, yeah, yeah. safe place on the internet. New listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Talk about an oxymoron. <laughs> new listeners to the show might not have been listening. A, a couple of years ago, when we decided that 13 websites is enough. <laughs> that that is that is the number we need. Yeah, you need like one sports website. Well, yeah, we went with two of a lot of things yeah. just so you get a little alternate sure. point of view. Two news sites, two sports sites, two two sites for buying stuff. You allow an app porn site? A, uh, yeah, app app porn site. That'd be plenty. Yeah. Um but anyway, so the safest place on the internet got hacked and they did not have names. 
<coughs> the names were not disclosed, but you would have like um, uh, 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 Milkman Bill of certain town, age, and some other details. So you'd have your screen name, your location, your age, and a couple of other things so that people were pretty identifiable. Um, let's see. They included your stated age, ethnicity, gender, hometown, nickname, and any membership in groups, many of which are devoted to, uh, you know, similar stuff. And somebody... Data also included location of coordinates of users last submitted post, many of which pointed back to specific schools, workplaces, and residential neighborhoods. Wow. Yeah. So uh, was there an attempt by this hacker to extort money, or was it just uh, like the way a lot of hackers do? They're just causing mischief because they can. Uh, yeah, it's it's the second. It's the second. Uh, included in the list was, a, in the data rather, was a list of hundreds of international military bases, including location coordinates. Um, user data revealed how the company policed for crimes and misbehavior. Interesting. Uh, but as yet, uh, it's caused nothing but embarrassment and, and mortification. Um, and the hackers are doing the usual stuff with it, trying to compile. What is the what is the term? I've heard it before, where they get uh, one piece of data or two pieces of data from one site, then they compare it and fit it in like a puzzle mm. with other pieces from another site, and they can then build a complete picture of you right. with. All of your relevant data, and then begin, uh, you know, exploiting that and impersonating you and the rest of it. That's what the Russians and Chinese probably have on every one of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're working as hard as they can to do that, anyway. Ah, the Chinese, whose statements and numbers are reported as fact by the American media. Unbelievable. Yeah. More on that later. Yeah. Hey, I feel like this is a change that needs to happen in journalism. I'm looking at this headline from the Oregonian. Former Washington coach Jim Lambert dies. Uh, uh, he's synonymous with Husky football, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like in the headline for celebrity deaths now, you need to say wasn't coronavirus if it oh wasn't. Oh, boy. Because isn't that the first thing you wonder when you hear about anybody dying right now? It's the first thing I wonder. Yeah, I guess. For but any, it, any celebrity, certainly. I think they're doing the opposite, though, aren't they? They're saying dies of COVID-19. I think you got to say it wasn't COVID-19 in the headline. Do you? Unless you want me to click on the story, which I guess you probably do. Okay. But that's I think that's the first assumption we all make, or first question we all have. It's almost as if other causes of death have gone out the window. Yeah, but they haven't. They haven't. Of course oh, not. Oh, man. And that's, many you know, people are going to have all... heart attacks or car wrecks or they've ever have. Ironically, going out the window, also a cause of death. Right. Yes. Um. I, you know, I don't want to be all uh, negative and scary today because uh, people are freaked out enough and they come to us for something a little bit different. But, yeah, that's the problem is... Um, a lot of uh, a lot of cardiac doctors are saying, "Hey, hey, hey! We got people with problems, and I'm not allowed to see them. I'm not allowed to bring them into the hospital. You're calling them uh, voluntary procedures or optional." And I've had three patients die in the last week and a half waiting for their voluntary procedures. So, can we get a handle on this? And one sele- uh, suggestion I've heard, which I think is an excellent one, you've got to designate COVID hospitals and non-COVID hospitals uh. and let the non-ones be super careful, but continue treating people. That's a pretty good idea. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.